Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I don't really care what time it is. I don't have an outline. You can call this the Planetary Status Report. I think it's Sunday. I think it's May the 30th. I think it's 2021. And I think right now reality feels like it's full of shit. I don't have an outline because I don't want to talk about the news. Why don't I want to talk about the news? Because today I feel like all the news is currently total, rancid, reeking, fear-mongering bullshit. We, 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 we started with the COVID in February of 2020. People in China were falling over dead. Clearly, we have to trust the Chinese media. And I was in Seattle. I was in Chinatown. I figured that I would hear people screaming in my transitory, yeah, a place where basically transients live. I, I expected to hear screaming. We had shared kitchens. It's Chinatown. Lots of undocumented workers half a mile from every major hospital in Seattle. In 2020, I saw commies supported by Mayor Jenny Durkin. I saw nonsense. I saw people running with two or three coffee filters on. I had people yell at me crazy because their coffee filter was driving them crazy. Yeah, I saw a lot of things in Seattle in 2020, but I never saw the magical monkey herpes. I'm over 50, I'm overweight, and believe me, I have the sugar herpes, although it is getting better since I've been in Utah. Yeah, I never saw the monkey herpes in Seattle. I saw madness. I saw evil. I saw garbage piling up from people's masks being tossed into the street. I saw bald eagles moving into little, you know, into little Saigon. And I thought on what that meant. Maybe it's because they were driving the sky raccoons away from the garbage dump in North Seattle. Maybe they were just hungry because I just didn't see the sky raccoons. I saw more owls. I saw more hawks. They were coming to Little Saigon for the cancer rats and the cancer squirrels and the cancer food and the mass. Why? Because they're hungry. I remember going out into the woods in 2019 in western Washington and telling my friend I couldn't believe how silent it was. It wasn't the winter, but guess what? Growing up in western Washington, even in the winter time, the forest would be a symphony.
But tell me again about the monkey herpes. Monkey herpes, crazy people. Why am I not talking about the news? Because it's all crap. Guess what? Last night, you know, yesterday on the Planetary Status Report, we talked about my bugaboo, my bugbear, my ridiculous conception based upon what I've read. But at least I'll tell you what I told you before. I give the methane bomb until October, and frankly, I give Dane Wigington till October. And that is the last of my fear monkeys, brothers and sisters. But you all got a lot of fear monkeys. You love them. You love your Stockholm Syndrome. You love your make-believe. The monkey herpes started out as some lab virus that escaped. And then it became a random result of some type of galumptuous. Now it's cycled back to a lab virus that's escaped. Are you keeping up with the PSYOP? Are you, my, my friends, my brothers and sisters out there? In magical make-believe land, also called American 2021. Magical make-believe land. The land of make-believe people, where we will transcend our own slumptic whoredom. I'm going to try to practice the keyboard more. I ask myself why. I feel like the ground underneath me is shifting every day. I try to be a good man. I try to be brave. And I don't know what cowardness is. Is cowardness being willing to look at the bare truth and admit your own falsehoods? Or is cowardness finding the latest falsehood to make you feel better? People need to believe a couple things about the monkey herpes. They need to believe it's kind of real. Because if they don't believe it's kind of real, then they have to admit one of two possibilities. The people that run the world are so monumentally stupid that they would drive millions of people to suicide, heart attack, stroke, untreated cancer, actual death. Not make-believe monkey herpes death, but people who are just plain dead. 
People need to believe that the COVID is a little real. As long as it's a little real, then I'm not a total piece of shit. So there's one thing people need to believe. And people do need to believe that the authorities have some level of competence. Because when you start to recognize that that belief is total crap, that at best... The people that run the world reflect what's called the bell curve, and some might be clever, although in all likelihood probably evil. The reality is a lot of them are probably stupid too. But you need to believe they're kind of competent because they're an authority. People need to believe this is all going to work out. Like right now I'm working on a project, and I am, I am going to do everything I can to succeed. This is, this is the truth. Despite my depression at times, despite my anxiety, despite my belief that the human race has gone insane and that whatever I'm doing right now is whistling in the dark, twiddling my thumbs, total ridiculous nonsense. There is no point. There will be no point. I need to believe too. I am doing everything I can to convince myself of it. You know, it's interesting. I periodically have talked about something in my podcast called the infinite gray nothing. What is the infinite gray nothing? Well, you could say it's the worst case scenario from my perspective. Because the infinite gray nothing would imply there is no God. The infinite gray nothing would mean that all of this nonsense can continue at least as far as the eyes can see. So if it does lead to the destruction of the human race, it'll be a slow, steady, pathetic, whimpering, little trip and fall into the abyss. That's also potentially the infinite gray nothing. I wrote a, a short story once called Morny Dreck. Morny Dreck, M-O-R-N-Y-D-R-E-K. It's on Amazon until it's deleted. I think the reason why it's not been deleted is a couple reasons. Number one, it probably needs to be edited 50 times. And number two, probably a lot of people don't get it. But Morny Dreck is basically about the future. But it's not the future... It's not the future you think of. Like, on one hand, there's technology that would be reminiscent of Star Trek. But what you look at is the real outcomes. Not the make-believe Jean-Luc Picard crap. Not the freaking Captain Kirk BS. Or whatever this new, deconstructed scumbaggery is on CBS. I couldn't care less for your social justice reconstruction. Why don't we just come up with new shows? Gee, that's how you solve the problem. You don't keep, and yeah, I'm, I'm going off on a little tangent here. You don't keep cycling on the same old artistic motives. You don't do that. You allow new artistic motives. What did Nietzsche say? Nietzsche said that one of the signs of decline is the inability to come up with new artistic structures, new artistic culture. You spin and spin on spin on Star Wars and Star Trek and every old show that some banker can amortize through propaganda and the deconstruction of the soul. What did Nietzsche say? He said that if all you have is Star Wars, you're fucked. But Morny Dreck is about a future where you got the technology, you essentially have free energy. You have essentially, free energy gives you everything. I mean, if you actually understand the basic mechanics of how things work, if you had free energy, 
you could do something like build a plasma, basically what's called a plasma centrifuge. Because again, energy is free in this, in this uh, scenario. And with that centrifuge, you could dump all your garbage and all your shit and all your poop and all your urine and all your cats and all your cougars. You could toss sharks in there if you wanted to. If you got off on, you know, building robots to wrestle saltwater crocodiles. If you got off on building a robot saltwater crocodile suit so you could win against a saltwater crocodile, then you could grab that saltwater crocodile and toss it into your plasmatic centrifuge. And after about 60,000 RPM of superheated material being basically torn apart, and then, because it's a centrifuge, being separated according to density, 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 and that's if you have free energy. So in essence, the recycling problem is not a problem if you have free energy. Now, are you going to lose a little bit of matter in every transition? Well, yeah, that's kind of what the laws of thermodynamics tell you. You know, if you build the centrifuge, you're going to lose some electrons. You're going to lose some neutrons and protons. You don't get more out than in, even if you got free energy. But with free energy, you could build the ultimate garbage disposal. And that ultimate garbage disposal would tear everything apart down to the atom. And, and that means you could recover gold. That means you could recover silver from circuits. You could easily recover every metal there is if energy was free. The problem is... The problem is... The problem is... Thus far, <laughs> the problem is thus far, Twinkle Toes, the problem is Twinkle Toes, that we don't have free energy. But in the world of Morny Drek, the, the story I'm telling you about, and again, if you want to find it, you can get a free PDF off my website. How do I find your website? You know, I'm so tired of explaining the simplest links in the world. I put them everywhere. I, I'm either deeply shadow banned on the internet as a whole, or I just suck so much. So if I suck that much, why would you be listening? You see the field of contradictions one gets trapped in. In the world of Morning Drek, energy is free, but also they figured out how to create synthetic matter which means they figured out how to take a couple of gamma ray photons and perform something called gamma ray implosion. With gamma ray implosion, you can get a quark. Once you have a quark, find yourself a lesbian particle. You'll have yourself a fork. Then you'll have a strange quark, then a, then a spork. have a spork fork. So anyway, you take two gamma ray photons and you create implosion. You do this with the use of extraordinarily strong magnetic fields, again, free energy, and at extraordinary low temperatures, pretty close to zero point. Again, free energy, right? Free energy. I, I don't think free energy is a thing. I, I think Heinlein had a phrase from his famous story, The Moon is a Bitch. Yeah, that should have been the title. If you ask me, Robert Heinlein probably went to the, went, probably went to the publicist with an original title, The Moon 
is a hoa or the moon is a bitch. Instead, they said, no, you can't say this. Listen, you know, I know John F. Kennedy and all that, but you can't do that. No, listen, you can say the moon is a harsh mistress like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Anywho, um, in the world of Morny Dreck, what people call post-scarcity exists. And if you don't know what post-scarcity is, post-scarcity is the theory, and mostly it's mostly these. In the anarchist community, Austrians, I, I've never heard an Austrian play much with post-scarcity. Now, Austrians believe in the general theory of deflation, which is to say that in a free economy, prices generally go down, but that's not the same as free. There's a big difference, folks, and it's not linear between a penny and free. If you believe those are the same thing, then you probably believe what Paul Krugman believes, that he could go on a sailboat, bring a printing press, go to some island in the middle of nowhere, start printing Krugman money, and then somehow create his Polynesian paradise. I would love to do a reality show called Krugman and his magical money printer in his Polynesian paradise. It would be one season, no, it would be it would be one show, a pilot episode, and it has a poignant ending. A bunch of, you know, South Polynesian cannibals chewing on Krugman. You know, chewing on Krugman, like some New York liberal over coffee. Well, I was reading the New York Times, chewing on Krugman. Well, this would be actual chewing, not your mental chewing. You know what I mean, New York-style liberal? You just put me into a box. I put you into a time capsule, you son of a bitch. I took your mind and I melded with mine. Yeah, anyways, the infinite gray nothing is a lot like morning dreck. And post-scarcity is this belief that we can reach a point where everything is basically almost free. Um, total, total deflation to, to near zero. And, and this is based on the idea that technology must necessarily make everything cheaper. Brothers and sisters, the curve for technology is not Moore's Law. Moore's Law probably represents part of the domain. And if you don't know what a domain is, think of the x-axis. Moore's Law exists within part of that domain. But if you're going to contend that the history of all technologies like Moore's Law, then I would say airline travel, what the fuck? Space travel, what the fuck? Less than 600 people have ever been to space. Supposedly, people first went to space, I don't know, like 60 plus years ago. So Moore's law applies to one kind of technology at one point in human history. But for some bizarre reason, whether it's Paul Kurt, you know, excuse me, I almost said Paul Kurzweil. Imagine if Paul Krugman and Ray Kurzweil, imagine if Paul Krugman and Ray Kurzweil had a sinful little CRISPR baby, because that's coming, folks. Men and men will have babies. They'll use the CRISPR. They'll use hormones. They'll use the extract of a bug in Egypt. Yeah. I don't do so good on the keyboard when I get angry. 
I bet that was true of the, you know, the Incredible Hulk. Like, I wonder if the Incredible Hulk, and I'm thinking 1970s Ferrigno Hulk, not all this bullshit, I'm sensitive, metrosexual Incredible Hulk. Fuck you. But imagine Ferrigno, um, Incredible Hulk, back in the 70s. And, and he, But he's taking piano lessons, so he's not Ferrigno. He's that other dude I always forget the name of. And um, he's that other dude, and he's just Dr. Bruce Banner, and he's taking piano lessons. And for some reason, he, his piano teacher is some crazy Prussian that you know wants to slap him on the hands with some type of a, a stick every time he screws up. But then Lou Ferrigno comes out and he just, he's bashing and bashing and bashing and bashing and bashing, bashing the keyboard until it's shattered. And then he takes the head of the Prussian, you know, piano teacher and tosses it like a football into that pristine lake out back. And then you have the poignant music at the end where he slowly converts back to Bruce Banner and steals some whiskey and he goes get dr gets drunk in the woods. <laughs> that would have been a really cool episode. But like the island, the Polynesian island for Paul Krugman's magical moneymaker, I think it would have that, yeah, it's one episode. Post-scarcity is the belief that that there ain't no such thing as a free lunch is a lie. That Heinlein was wrong. That Tan Staffel is wrong. There ain't no there ain't no such thing. There ain't no there there ain't no such thing as a free lunch, really. No. Heinlein was right. Heinlein was correct. Even when it just comes to choices in economics, there's something called opportunity cost. It's based upon the idea that even if you believe in the multiverse, we get to exist in this one universe and you have a set of choices. You go to, you can, for example, you're going to go to breakfast. You can go to Denny's or you can go to McDonald's. But you probably can't do both at exactly the same time. That is the absolute philosophical definition of a choice because you can only do one or the other. You can't do both. The fact that you choose Denny's means that you don't get to go to McDonald's. Technically speaking, that's an opportunity cost. That's a cost. We don't see it that way, not at first. But as you get deeper into economics, and frankly, let's just talk about reality. If you're an entrepreneur and you run a business, you have to make choices every single day. And if you really think on this in the darkness of night as you're sipping your whiskey and listening to Atlas Shrugged on tape, if you're really honest about this, there are times you think, I wish I could have made a different choice. That feeling you have, that's called an opportunity cost. That's reality, okay? I'm not saying you should dwell on mistakes, but let's get real. We have choices we get to make. We don't get to build a time machine and go backwards in time and make the same choice twice. I know there are people that believe we can or maybe there's a secret cabal that can. And yeah, the next Charles Manson lectures on time travel. But um, those things are just bullshit. And if they were possible, they would be so catastrophically damaging to the universe you can't imagine. And if time machines were possible, I think that would be more or less proof there is no God.
Because if you had the power of time travel and you had free energy, you could remake the universe however you wanted to. You could go back and step on the wrong thing or piss on the wrong thing. You could go back in time and poop on something. And if the multiverse theory is real, furthermore, we'd be proof there is no God, then you can do it without ceasing to exist. You simply aren't traveling through time as you are creating your own special universes. Your own special private Idaho. So if time travel and the multiverse were a thing, and I got to tell you, the only kind of time travel you can participate in that would make any sense is really just hopping different universe timelines. But if hopping universe timelines were a thing, there would be no God. God is not Wilt Chamberlain. God would never say, I created 50,000 Adams and Eves. He created one Adam, one Eve. He created one Abraham. He, he was and is the Lord. He became man. He died on the cross and he rose again. There isn't a different version of that story. So I don't think time travel is possible. Opportunity cost is a real thing. In the world of post-scarcity, opportunity cost is not considered. In the world of Morny Dreck, it actually happens, but in an absolute sort of causality sense. Someone who really loves him evaporates out of the causal timeline. I don't mean they die. They cease to have ever existed. No one will ever remember they were there. And why? Because Morney makes the wrong choices like everybody else. And having free energy and free food and free everything doesn't mean you're going to get smarter. It might even, oh my gosh, you're going to hate me for saying this, but like the ironically named device in your hand right now, it might actually make you dumber. And when I think about post-scarcity and the world of morning dreck, and if such a thing were possible, and again, I have faith in God. So these are, these are expressions of something that does not represent my faith, but they are expressions of imagination. And when I think about the infinite gray nothing and morning dreck, the other conclusion I come to is it's entirely plausible. It's entirely plausible that this universe is a simulation. I have to say, if there was no God, or rather, let me rephrase that, if I had no faith in God, my next best stop at this point, based upon everything I've seen, all the nonsense, all the things that make zero sense at all, based upon that, I would be left with simulation. I would. And it wouldn't matter how deep the simulation is. It could simply be a crappy, steampunky version of The Truman Show, which means that I'm actually a living thing, but I'm in like a giant terrarium. It could be like that. Or it could be completely generated reality. Because it's too absurd. It makes no sense. None of this makes any sense. Not without God. You put God into the equation, a lot of things start making sense. You take God out of the equation, you're left with a lot of nonsense. And a lot of people running in every direction with crazy ideas, causing crazy harm to their friends and neighbors, and not even realizing it. Being oblivious to the fact that we have all, to some extent, been turned into wrecking balls. Yeah. How's that for a rant, my friends? 
I am a wrecking ball, you are a wrecking ball. We are going to be wrecking balls together. We will touch our flimbic zone. We will make ourselves ungugulate. to ingudulate. Ingudulation is a reference to a female technique of ultimate pleasure. Ingudulation occurs when a woman touches her flumbic zone, when he, when she, well, he, when she rubs her drivula, when she caresses the inner flinctus, when she is willing to drink the honey wine and cover her body in the monkey slime. Clearly I haven't had sex in many years. In fact, I'm beginning to wonder if I should count any of the sex I had while I was married. In fact, I'm beginning to think I may have only ever had sex once. And I think it was bad sex. People say that bad sex is better than no sex. (laughs) Yeah, that's bullshit. Bad sex is humiliating. Bad sex makes you, you don't even want to masturbate for two weeks. Bad sex leaves you with crabs. Bad sex leaves you with flabby abs. Bad sex, bad sex is where you have to go down to the drunkest zone and clean out her monkey hole. See what I mean? How could I have had sex if I even say monkey hole? Because these are the terms that Lovecraft would have used if he didn't have a dictionary. But that's the thing about post-scarcity, is that you have to believe things that actually run against what we know about the physical world. And I think, you know, that's why a lot of crypto folks get suckered, is the technological angle. The reason why a lot of, well, the Keynesians get suckered for obvious reasons. Because for a Keynesian, post-scarcity means that, that almost literally Paul Krugman can take his money machine and his magical matter and energy devices to some Polynesian island and he can become Polynesian king. That is until the natives figure out how to use the technology. And then they put him into a simulation where they eat him alive every day for 10,000 years. They put him into a machine and they consume his flesh. But he's just a digital representation. He's a simulacrum, a taco spirit, 
a silicon gumbo, a ghost in the machine. That's right. Paul Krugman, silicon gumbo. Um... So yeah, and, and I do, I, if I ever were to accept the idea that we were really looking at the infinite gray nothing, I probably would give up. Because you can't fight that. It's not just that it's powerful, but that it's meaningless. There's nothing there. There is no future there. There is nothing for you there. And if it is a simulation, listen, it, you know how in the Matrix movie, the first one, the other two sucked, but you know the first Matrix movie, the one, the only one they should have made? More or less a ripoff of Plato's Allegory of the Cave. But that's okay. A lot of cyberpunk shit is. Um, in the first Matrix movie, they comment that they tried Utopia. And people rejected it because they didn't want to be happy all the time. Well, okay, fine. But then you have to accept that in the Matrix, there are people that are pretty fucking happy and they got all the sexy, busty women doing all kinds of sexy, busty French things for them. But then there's the schmucks like me, okay? And we will never snort cocaine from Scarlett Johansson's butthole. We will never make love to 20 underwear models. We will never get a chance to go up in a balloon and skydive from 23 miles. We're the ones in the car you see behind, you know, Keanu Reeves explode. You know, we're, we're special effects. And the worst part is they gave us consciousness. So you're a special effect. Your whole purpose in life is just to explode. But guess what? You're self-aware. I told you there wasn't an outline. I told you I thought the news was crap. We, we spend some time talking about post-scarcity and the simulation and morning dreck and all kinds of other stuff. And you're asking yourself, was there a point to this rant? Maybe there isn't. <sighs> there might not be. There might not even be a point to life. You see, at these moments when I'm this dark and this cynical... This is the moment when my faith is most in jeopardy. 
When I look up at the sky and I see what's obviously something called dispersal, but people use a word called condensation. When I read about something called the permafrost that is not just melted, but melted and sinking, and in some cases melted, sinking, and catching fire. Nothing in permanently frozen matches that at all. And then somebody posts an article about a weird snowstorm, and somehow that weird snowstorm proves what? Okay, what was the temperature a week ago? What's the temperature two weeks from now? Tell me, magical snowman, what you think is going on. If you think it's an ice age, great. Guess what? You're fucked. If you think it's not an ice age, guess what? You're still probably fucked. And just like me, you're never going to snort cocaine from the butthole of Scarlett Johansson. Never. Of course, and not as if that's a thing you should endeavor to do, but whatever your dream is, whatever you think you're going to be doing in some magical world in the near future, as long as you take the vaccine, as long as you have your little vax card, what do you think you're going to be doing? Mining Bitcoin? Maybe, maybe you will be mining Bitcoin. I really don't know. But in the future, if you think that post-scarcity equals happiness, then you clearly have no soul. Like, like you have the thin veneer of awareness, but there's nothing there, Morny. You're empty. There is nothing there because you were born empty and you will die empty, Mr. Morny Dreck. That's your post-scarcity. That's your mining Bitcoin on Venus. That's your disappearing girlfriend that you'll never know actually could have been your girlfriend. You'll never know that you could have actually been in love because you were focused. Well, actually, you weren't even focused. You were barely self-aware. So how could you even be aware of anyone else, right? And a lot of you folks aren't that far from Morny Dreck. You're not. A lot of you folks out there are so close to Morny Dreck, it's not even funny. One thing that people told me before I left Seattle, some family members told me, we really love the lockdown. We really, really love the lockdown. The lockdown is so convenient. I'm so glad, Morny. I'm so glad, Morny Dreck, that you love the lockdown. But other people have been killing themselves. What do you think about that? Morning, in your gray, infinite, dark, nothing, meaningless existence, you're going to go flip a house, Morning. You're going to go turn that garage with a broken foundation into a bungalow, Morning. What are you going to do? You love the lockdown. You do? You love it? It's been really good for you? I'm so glad for you. And I'm pretty certain Jesus is keeping track. And that's where we're at in the game, brothers and sisters, especially those of you who call yourselves Christians. Because if you do believe, you better believe that Christ is watching. You better believe that. And you better believe the Lord is justice. Of the many things the Lord is, the Lord is love, the Lord is peace, and the Lord is justice. And that justice always comes, Morny. You think you're small. You think you're just a nobody. I only schedule the trains, Dan. You're unaware of your participation in evil. That does not get you off the hook. A year ago, I could have come up with a dozen different excuses for people. 
Well, they're parents and they care about their kids and they're just trying to go along, get along. I did that crap for others. I did that crap for myself. I got to go get food. So I'll put on the mask. I'm going to go to Uncle Ike's and get weed. So I'll stand in a TSA line to get weed with a mask on. Sure, I'll sing my little songs at the intersection and I'll flip people off, but I'll play the game so I can eat. I will say this about Nowhere, Utah. I don't have to do that right now. And if it ever went the other direction, I'm out of here. But I, you know, again, it's kind of like that 1950s version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. You go down the road a few miles. You go down the road and you think you're safe. And all of a sudden a truck shows up and there's pods in the back. The original Body Snatchers and the Donald Sutherland, um, Jeff Goldblum, you know, Weird Scream Body Snatchers. And Leonard Nimoy's in that one too, the 70s one. I think that, isn't that a Kaufman movie? Well, anyways, my friends, the original Body Snatchers is pretty good. place right now where I can breathe, even though it's, almost, I think we're almost a mile up, so in a, in a sense that's proverbial or figurative. The air is thinner up here, but I can breathe. I can breathe in that sense of the spirit coming into the body and the spirit being released. I can breathe here. And I can go to a grocery store. And are there people wearing masks? Sure, but they're mostly ashamed, which means at least their moral compass isn't broken. People here wear masks out of shame because they're too afraid and they're too scared. There are more courageous people here than fearful people here. I had to go to nowhere Utah to find people who still had some dignity. And God bless. They told me they loved the lockdown. You know, I, I would be willing, I would venture to guess that in the early stages um, of the Nazi takeover, when they built their first concentration camps, we're talking the early, mid-30s, and these concentration camps were not technically death camps. That doesn't technically happen until after the Wannsee Conference, 1942, read a history book. But the, the concentration camps were for everyone, including Jewish people, but they were for political prisoners, people who are homosexuals, you name it, you go into the concentration camp. And when I say they weren't death camps, let me be more specific. They weren't really living camps either, okay? They weren't necessarily designed to kill everybody, but they were okay if you happened to die or if you were tortured to death. And there were probably people in those concentration camps, and some of them could have been Jewish, some of them could have been communists, some of them could have been anarchists like me. And they might have been saying to each other, well, this isn't so bad, and it can't get any worse. In 1935, I bet there was an anarchist in a German concentration camp who said to another friend of his, well, it can't get any worse. And then 10 years later, if they're lucky, their skin and bones near Treblinka, 
Auschwitz, you name it. But it can't get any worse though, right? <laughs> Brothers and sisters, it can always get better and it can always get fucking worse. Don't be stupid. It can always get worse and it can always get better. And I'm a believer with the power of prayer and the power of Jesus, everything could heal. But I also think prophecy is probably, you know, there for a reason. We were told that the end, most people, and let's just say it as it is, it's said in prophecy in different ways, but all the prophecy I've seen tends to say the same thing. At the end, it will be like the times of Noah. At the end, most people will be pieces of shit. Which is not 10%, that's not 50%. Let's just let's just follow the Pareto principle and be optimistic once again. Let's say 80% are pieces of shit. 8 out of 10. Those are just the odds. Okay, you can beat the odds, you can be a cluster. It would be great if everyone I loved and cared about understood the situation, but a lot of people I care about and love even now say things like the lockdown's really great. And I don't understand how deluded and confused you have to be because even if you like the lockdown, from one hobo to another, you can't build a civilization on that. You really can't, brothers and sisters. You can't build a civilization at staying at home and buying off of Amazon, Amazon, Amaass, and flipping houses remotely and doing Zoom teleconferences. You're never going to do anything other than prepare to die. But people are seeing this like some new age, like Morny Dreck. And if they're right, they get to go into the Morny Dreck future of the infinite gray nothing of scumbaggery, no love, no hate, no good, no bad, just endure another day of drudgery and the off chance you get a dopamine burst. Wow, that sounds like a great future, brothers, sisters. Doesn't that sound like a great future? The infinite gray crap hole, the infinite gray nothing, sounds terrible to me. So I am pretending, I'm playing pretend. I am playing pretend that I can succeed on this project and make some money. I am playing pretend that there's a magical world of, of underwear models and a Vegas casino in the suite. Yeah, they don't really like me for my body. My body is gross, but I have money so I can buy I can buy the ass, right? We can all have fantasies of bullshit. And it would be great to fall in love, but in recent weeks I've come to the understanding, the simple understanding that for people of good conscience right now, what we're mostly trying to do is survive and not go insane. So I am surviving and not going insane. I am not going to go on a dating website and put that in my profile. Are you fucking stupid? 
And as far as church goes, if you're a 501c3 church, which is pretty much every quote-unquote church in this country, fuck you too. You're connected at the hip to this evil piece of shit empire at this point. You might have a year ago stood up. You might have a year ago thrown away that crap. You might have a year ago said, I am with Jesus and no one else. You might have. Too late. Way too late. Too many people are dead. And not from the monkey herpes. Too fucking late, brothers and sisters. Too fucking late. What happens next is either there is no God or a lot of you, I think 8 out of 10, are royally fucked. And I might be one of the 80% and I can say with a surety, if it is the justice of God, I'd prefer that over anything else. Over the infinite gray nothing, over this hooker democracy, over every scumbag who took the oath to protect and defend the Constitution, which includes the Bill of Rights, and then took a big giant shit on that oath, fuck you. And if you're one of these motherfuckers who comes up to me in the next couple weeks, especially if you're a cop or some fucking person claiming to be a soldier, and you talk to me about that vax card, I'll say, sir, do you remember your oath? I take that vax card as seriously as you take your fucking oath. Which is you don't. So fuck you. And as far as the mayor of Washington, D.C. goes, I know I've said this before, I'll keep saying it. Give up your fear of him. Okay? Firstly, not a person. I think he's suffering from dementia. Maybe he deserves it from, you know, drinking baby's blood or whatever. I don't know. But there is nobody at home in Biden's skull. In fact, that would be a really fun movie. You know, maybe the true follow-up to being John Malkovich, being inside of Joe Biden's empty fucking skull. Because I think there's like a mission control center at CIA basically running his head right now. is a mission control center, 60 people in a low, low basement underneath Langley, 60, probably 600 feet below the surface of the earth in a big mission control center called Joe Biden's brain. But even if you believed he was real, even if you believed there was anything there in the White House, whoever thinks they're ruling the country right now, is really the mayor of Washington, D.C. Joe Biden is the symbolic mayor of Washington, D.C. The reason why they're trying to scare the fuck out of you is because they have shot their wad, okay? Even if there weren't worse calamities coming, the dollar's fucked, okay? The only way we can maintain the dollar as a reserve currency at this point, and you need to listen to me, is World War III, and if you think that's a better outcome than simply accepting that Joe Biden is the mayor of Washington, D.C., you are a turd. We need to wake up and recognize that Joe Biden and the entire government of this country has lost its legitimacy. Look up the root meaning of legitimate. Kind of like permafrost, you've been told shit that's shit. What does it mean to be legitimate? We do not have a legitimate government of this country at this point. We don't. There is none. So Joe Biden, at best, is the leader of a cult. 
At best, he's the mayor of Washington, D.C., and he's probably just a puppet, and whoever thinks they're the puppet controller, ding, 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 they're the mayor. This system is using psyops because it's toast. This system is using the monkey herpes and the race war. Ellen is Elliot. Cartoonists are racist. Every day a different fear monkey. They're doing it for the same reasons the Confederates painted logs black and laid them around Richmond. They had nothing better. They have shot their wad, brothers and sisters. They're done. The president is the mayor of Washington, D.C., Yeah, the president, the mayor of Washington, D.C. Just like they used to call, like I've said before, the president of Afghanistan, the mayor of Kabul. Because that, if we don't face a greater calamity, if this is not prophecy, and, and I, I think that we are probably, this is 50-50, but if we don't face a greater calamity or prophecy, the next most likely thing is collapse. Okay, period. No part of the world no part of the world would survive a dollar collapse, especially the United States. I don't mean not survive physically. I mean the wretched institutions that run, thing, run things. There's not a wretched institution on planet Earth right now that would survive the implosion of the central banks. If they imploded, that's it. They know this. They know they've shot their wad. They know that they've ignored Tan Staffel. They know that they've acted as if you can have a giant credit card and just keep shoving bananas up your butt. They know this, and they know the game is over. And, and if the idea, well, they're going to have one world currency, they've been there. They've done it. That was the dollar. Are you fucking stupid? Are you stupid? Because I'm tired of these stupid, they're going to have one world currency. It was called the dollar. That world is over. There's going to be a reset. It was called 1945. Go fuck yourself. The reset was over. 70, 80 years ago. The dollar is the one world currency. The game is almost over. They're painting logs black because they don't have cannon. That's the reality of the mayor of Washington, D.C. And if I'm angry at my fellow human beings, it's because if they had the courage to see the truth for what it was, they would be free right now. They would have their liberty and their dignity back tomorrow. If they saw the wretched, monstrous, really just group of parasites that think they run the world, if they understood how cowardly they were, if they understood how sick they were, if they understood that they shot their wad and they are weak and all they have left is fear, they'd be free tomorrow. We would be free tomorrow, all of us, if we recognized that President Biden was the mayor of Washington, D.C.